You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. All right, everyone, welcome in. It's another edition of the Wobcast. It's a draft week edition of the Wobcast. Yours truly getting ready to head down to Nashville. Uh, to cover the draft, at least the first round of it. Hopefully a guy we pick is going to be there and we'll come back with him and the whole meet the pick content that you all love so much uh, will start for us down in Nashville. But we have a few days to go before we get there. So to bide the time, yours truly is joined as usual by co-host and producer Chris Corso. Hi, Chris. How's it going, Bobby? Uh, It's going very well, thank you. Um, And we have a special guest. It's Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, who stepped into the radio studio at TCO Performance Center and has joined us to preview the draft. Hi, Paul. Uh, gentlemen, hello. And uh, doing the 9 to Noon radio show on the flagship KFAN, you know, we we focus so much on the draft for so long that there there comes a period for me, uh, which generally takes place a week, week and a half in front of the draft where I'm like, oh my God, can this just happen? Just happen. Yeah. We're yeah. ready. I mean, it's, it's, we've gone over so many scenarios, then I'll get like a weekend to decompress and chill. And then you start thinking about wild card scenarios for the Vikings or other teams around the NFL. You know, who 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 are going to be freakishly good players? There are just so many things about which to chat when it comes to the draft. But uh, from a Viking standpoint, it's all very compelling. Yeah. Can't wait. It is very compelling. Um, the, the way this whole thing is shaking out, I think, is interesting. I don't think you have a bunch of quarterbacks who are going to dominate early on. I think you have teams that are going to be taking position players other than quarterbacks. So, like, for... For once, it's not a quarterback-driven first round. Yeah, you know, um, I might respectfully disagree with that. I, mean, I was about to say Kyler Murray's going well, probably. It's it, about it though. But but it depends on when you say early or first round. And I don't want to clomp on all your touchdown calls, but but Murray is going early. Um, I believe Haskins. Duke's Daniel Jones yep. mm-hmm. is going to go a lot earlier than maybe some people think. And for my money, I like the Ohio State kid a lot. Dwayne Haskins, yes. Makes a lot of sense at 11 to Cincinnati for me because you have Andy Dalton and you can kind of raise him a little bit. Yep. So that, I mean, if that were the case, that seriously could be three of the first 11 or three or four within the first 17-ish, depending on what people think of Locke. So that that I, that part makes okay. it intriguing. Okay, well, I hope that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, I know what that's name. some good players who are going to get pushed the down alignment. the board. Don't take them. I mean, I agree. or D linemen. <laughs> yep. I agree. So I mean, I mean, you're going to take some of these quarterbacks who we we haven't talked about any of these quarterbacks all season long. Yeah. Only in draft season have we started. I mean, p- people listening don't know those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They only know them because of the combine and pre-draft season. They know all these defensive linemen. Yeah. On all these offensive linemen, there's a so there, I mean, if four quarterbacks or three quarterbacks yeah. go in the first eleven picks. Vikings fans should be clapping their hands. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. You know, if you there are people with whom I chat who know more about it than us, where they like look at Kyler Murray, and and they they try to hypothesize if he were in last year's draft with all those nice quarterbacks, where would he go? Yeah. The consensus I get is he would be somewhere in the neighborhood of three or four. So you'd have Baker, you'd have Darnold, uh, then you would have either Rosen or Kyler where Kyler apparently could be the first overall pick in the draft this year. The closer we get to the draft, you know, super well-respected opinions like Gil Brandt, you know, who, who he's a Hall of Famer. You know, there, there was a story recently with Gil saying, I'm not saying the Duke kid is Peyton Manning, but I remember what Peyton looked like early, and this guy yeah. has a lot of the same traits. Drew Locke has been highly touted 
all, right. all of his career, out of high school, into Missouri, the whole thing. And and Haskins, granted, with only one year of play, I mean, this is 50 touchdowns, true pocket guy with the best arm in the draft. Yep. So we, we, we know how it works with quarterbacks. If you don't have one, you're bleeped, and teams will reach to get them, whether they're right yep. or wrong. To your point, if you need a defensive or offensive lineman or a tight end, and these quarterbacks, four of them go by 17 or 20-something, from where you sit at 18, That's you great. are in a great spot. That's outstanding. And so the last thing I'll say about the quarterbacks then, because maybe this will turn out to be the 1983 quarterback class, <laughs> and you guys can look back 15 years from now and laugh at me mm-hmm. for what I'm saying about Replay these guys. The audio. But I, I, <laughs> I was – someone on Twitter that I just saw before we started recording was like having scouts tell me that if Josh Rosen were in this class – he'd be QB one or two. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, so a guy that the Arizona Cardinals might be giving have. up on yep. in after one year, Yeah. that guy who's being given up on after one year might be the best one in this year's class? Yeah. I don't think that says very many good things about this year's class. Well, that that's assuming the, the person you saw or with whom you were corresponding is accurate. Right. Now, I mean, with – the, the the biggest problem that I have with going all in on two quarterbacks in this draft, Kyler Murray or the Ohio State kid, is each of them only had one full year of work where Locke and Jones, they have a body of work where you have a lot to take a gander at. Yeah. Now, like deep in the draft, you know, they're they're because we're in Big Ten country, there's a quarterback from Northwestern named Clayton Thorson. Who I've liked Clayton Thorson for a year and a half, and he and nobody's ever going to th- care about, think about, or talk about him. Mm-hmm. So this could be a draft where a quarterback taken deep yeah. could supersede one of these bigger names that go early. Okay, I'm, I'm very interested to see if the Vikings take a quarterback late because they haven't taken a quarterback since Teddy Bridgewater in the draft. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which is wild to think about, but we've had players at that position every year. So I mean, we have three right now, yep. and you usually have four in your offseason program. Mm-hmm. So it stands to reason that either in the draft or undrafted free agency, we'll end up with one. Maybe he'll be from Northwestern. Yep. Who knows? Um, okay, I have five things or statements for Vikings fans to know about the draft. I'm going to state it, and then we want you to respond. In. All right. Number one, the Vikings could trade back from number 18 – to later in the first round. Teams to think about. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 20, the Ravens at 22, the Raiders at 24 and 27, and the Patriots at 32 all have a surplus of picks and would be candidates to come up. The Vikings trading back the from Raiders 18. Raiders definitely have a lot of picks, yeah. too. Uh, my A topic into Thursday is Minnesota trading from 18 to somewhere in the 20s. Okay. Now, you started with Pittsburgh, you ended with Belichick. Mm-hmm. I'd be careful if you're doing that because, I mean, if you have identified one or two players that you absolutely feel you can trade back to a spot and get, and then you get sniped once or twice, that changes things. So you can you you can get cute to a certain extent to get, because we only have eight picks, and you know the GM wants nine, ten, or maybe even more. So it makes sense. But um, you got to be careful when you do that because they're all looking at the same players. They all, to a certain extent, think alike. Mm -hmm. And if you think you go back to a spot, say 23, 24, 25, and you're sitting there thinking, all right, I got this player, it's a cinch, and he goes, then then you you, you have to go scrambling a little bit. Okay, number two. This is an elite defensive line class. 
And Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network said during the combine, if every team could only take a defensive player in the first round, all 32 teams would be happy with who they got. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was crazy when mm-hmm. I heard that. Okay. I was like, and Adam Kaplan said it was his best class defensive lineman-wise in 25 years of yeah. covering the draft. Yeah, and, and not only from what I understand is it super high-end from Quinnen Williams from Alabama, Nick Bosa from Ohio State, yep. through um, the Houston Three technique. You know, there, there, Oliver, yep. there will be three members of the Clemson Tigers defensive line that will all go in the first round. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> there's, there's this cat from Kentucky named Josh Allen where when people he's put time there. into him, he looks like he's top five. What about the Devons? Now they're linebackers, but it's front seven. Yep. So um, I, I absolutely agree. But when well-respected opinions like Jeremiah and Kaplan formulate that opinion, the first thing I think is they mean beyond the first round in that there are defensive tackles, defensive ends all throughout this draft where it's so rich and it's so deep. Back to the quarterback conversation, if you skip on one, then you, you A, better be squared away on your defensive line as of now. Like for my money, I think San Francisco absolutely selects Nick Bosa with the second overall pick in the draft. And I think they do it because they can use him a defensive end, then slide him to three technique for situ- for sub packages. So then they would have D Ford, DeForest Buckner, um, Nick Bosa, and 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 deal with Eric Armstead and Oof. Solomon Thomas. It's a pretty good line. However they want. Pretty oh. good front seven. Though. Yeah, in a division where you got to catch the Rams with that sneaky McVay offense and Jared Goff, who can be a little statuesque. Yeah. So I see what they're doing. All throughout the draft, my intel indicates it's phenomenal, and you can get players in rounds one, two, three, and four who can jump in, and and you can win with them right now. All right, number three. The offensive line class, the one word associated with them this year is depth. So let's you can throw names in there if you want, but I'm not we're not looking for names. Stylistically or type of player, what what is gonna be there for the Vikings at eighteen or fifty or eighty one? style-wise, along the offensive line? Spectacular question because the the information that, that either I've gotten or the work I've done very late in the draft indicates with Stefanski at offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak with the seven Super Bowl cred as the senior offensive advisor, and super smart and well-respected offensive line coach Rick Dennison, there is a specific skill set Those three want. Mm -hmm. Drafted by the GM, Rick Spielman, obviously. Now, that eliminates offensive linemen, who, and that may include some names that everybody thinks is like, oh, that'd be a great name at 18. So, from a skill set standpoint, Mm -hmm. if you are in need of a center or a guard or a center guard, and you don't get exactly who you want at 18. You go elsewhere? no, No, there are like two or three with whom you'll be okay if it's not. So, let's put it this way. If they grade, it's like one of them is 1.1, the other's 1.2, the other's 1.4, mm-hmm. where you're you're not like, oh, my God, that screwed up everything. You move on, and you get somebody really good. Okay. Uh, but but from, from a type standpoint, I think mobile, tough, uh, tenacious, position flexibility, and somebody who fits exactly the, the, the type of culture you would think Mike Zimmer needs. Right. Got you. Number four. Did, I, I looked back. First of all, I cross-referenced Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 with Bucky Brooks' latest mock draft. Then I looked back 
three drafts, um, and this is what I found. The top player at his position, still available at number 18. Hmm. This year, the projection is the number one center, the number one corner, and the number one safety would be available, if Jeremiah and Brooks are correct. Last year, the number one tight end and the number one middle linebacker was available. Mm -hmm. And two out of the last three years, the number one guard and the number one center were available. So what I'm saying is even though we're sort of like in no man's land at 18, three hours into the first round, it's getting to be 10 o'clock and people are getting bored, I think you're going to have multiple positions with the top-rated player on the board still there, and that excites me. I absolutely agree with you. I think 18 is actually a fantastic spot. I I get the the middling no-man's-land portion of the equation most years, but this is a year where – Two, one, two, three, or four quarterbacks may go boom, 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 mm-hmm. and the rest may be defensive linemen. So now all of a sudden, if you need an offensive lineman outside of the Florida right tackle, Jawan Taylor, you may have everybody from whom to choose. Yeah. From a tight end standpoint, say, you know, I, I think tight end at 18 for the Vikings is a long shot, uh, unless it's the, um, the Iowa tight end Hawkinson. who's, Hawkinson, very, who's yeah. very versatile. Yep. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, you know, they're, they're, there could be a lot of them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a corner standpoint, I'd be surprised if the Vikings took a corner at 18, but I do believe it makes sense, maybe earlier in the draft than some people think, to focus on corner simply for the future of the franchise, not necessarily the immediacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's because the Vikings, granted, were 8-7-1 last year. You're, you're set at your quarterback. You're set with your, uh, your, your first running back. With your offensive line, I genuinely believe you're set in three and a half, most likely four spots. Defensively speaking, D-line's good. Two of your linebackers, you know you're set with Barr and Kendricks. Secondary, still high end. So of let's say they end with eight picks. The, the question I bring up nine to noon a fair amount is, out of those eight, how many starters do you need to get? My answer is one. One, mm-hmm. yeah. And that maybe would, two. And that maybe two if somebody comes in and wins a spot. Yeah. You know, you got Shamar Steffen back as your three technique, super, super good against the run. Say you take a three technique in rounds two or three, and that guy comes in and just goes Russell Wilson on Matt Flynn, yeah. blows <laughs> the doors off the whole thing, and now you got a rotation. Yeah. So the Vikings, the the Vikings granted were eight, seven, and one last year. This team is still stacked and can kind of can kind of hand pick certain spots it wants to not rebuild but amplify yes all right number five the final one great questions thank you if you love the draft you should go to the miller light vikings draft party thursday april 25th from 6 to 11 p.m because (laughs) in voice of the vikings paul allen will be there i don't go to the draft party pa yeah i go to the draft Mm -hmm. so for folks who haven't been there they can go there for 20 bucks and take in the vikings draft party what's it like well, the, the draft party at U.S. Bank Stadium is honestly the best we've ever had, simply because of the, the amenities and the accommodations. You know, we, uh, we are on a big stage, yours truly, Paul Charchian, former Vikings Ben Lieber, and Pete Bursich, and we are doing a Vikings-intensive version of the draft. We pause for each pick. Now, between our diatribes and at certain spots at U.S. Bank Stadium, you can get the network coverage of the draft. If you want to go hardcore on like what NFL Network is doing, a lot of activities are taking place. Food and beverage are really good, and and really for the first time since we uh, we played our our final game of the season, 
against the Bears, this gives Vikings fans with better weather outside an opportunity to get together, convene, say how you been, what do you think of next year, what do you yes. want to do at 18, and kind of start settling yeah. into the offseason from a fan standpoint. Yeah, U.S. Bank Stadium, 6 to 11 p.m. on Thursday, April 25th. Eric Kendricks, Mike Hughes, and Josh Klein will be there. Autographs and photos. PA will be hosting live coverage of the draft. General admission tickets, $20. Go get them now. Thanks for joining us. Yep, enjoy the draft. We will. We hope you do as well. At PA on the mic for Paul on Twitter. Of course, you can listen to his weekday radio show from 9 to noon central on FM 100.3 The Fan. On behalf of producer and co-host Chris Corso, this is Wabi signing off for now. Enjoy the draft, everyone. Skull Vikings. Oh yeah!